Welcome to episode four of MLR Kickoff with your hosts, Dan Power and Pete Steinberg. Pete, where in the world are you today joining us as we kick off week nine of Major League Rugby? Dan, I am at the London Heathrow Airport at this beautiful Sofitel Hotel, which I've never stayed at before, um, and just uh, on my way back from Warsaw from Poland. So flew back tonight and uh, flying off tomorrow afternoon back to the UK with a quick trip to Cambridge to see my dad. So um, last big trip of the, of, of the year, um, last big overseas trip that's booked so far. So looking forward to not being on the road for a couple of weeks. Well, what is your world travel tip to go and see Mr. Steinberg, uh, your father this week? How have you done it? And what's your tip for the folks out there who are looking at doing the same? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that you learn um, when you travel, particularly to these large airports that are overseas, is to recognize that it can sometimes take you 20 to 25 minutes to get to your gate. So that was that's definitely true in places like Heathrow, especially if you're using US carriers like United or American or Delta. For some reason, they always put us out a long way away. So you've always got to be aware that you have to get there early. But my little trick here um, is that there is an Avis uh, rental car place at Terminal 5 in Heathrow in the parking lot, which means that I'm able to maximize my time by seeing my dad. So tomorrow morning I'll get up, I'll walk to the Avis, I'll pick up my car, I'll drive up to Cambridge. It's about an hour and 15, an hour and a half. I'll see my dad. And then I'll drive back and I can go straight to the parking lot, drop it off and be straight at Heathrow. So if you ever need a quick turnaround in Heathrow, Avis in Terminal 5 is right there. It's a real uh, it. a trick that I learned. And hopefully your dad uh, opens up the door. He's nice and hospitable if I, uh, if I do do that. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I'm sure he will be. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he will be. So, so Dan, you've, uh, um, you've had a couple of weeks of back to back games. Um, and uh, the the first one of the week, uh, um, well, we we had two games going on at the same time. On that's on right, double that header, was, double header was, on Friday night. Yep, and was, uh, was, we'll was talk about match. the Austin game first, Pete. It was uh, Austin at home with everything to play for. A playoff spot uh, was pretty much guaranteed if they could have got a bonus point win. But that seawall and those Seattle SeaWolves, well, they just keep on ticking. And they got the win down there. Have you had a chance to uh, catch much of that game? No, I did. It was funny. Uh, um, I pulled up my ESPN Plus app or my ESPN app, and, and I was able to do um, uh, side-by-side. So I was able to watch both games at the same time and uh, toggle between the announcers. And so I was able to watch those games. And it was this was a great game, although I think this might be the first game that the seawall was not as good as it has been, the, their, their tackle percentage was actually just above 80%, which I think is the lowest that they've had for the season. Um, but what they did was they really were able to dominate territory. So even though they were missing tackles, um, they were able to put Austin in a position where they um, uh, where missing those tackles wasn't bad. And actually, I, I think the turning point in this game was Paddy Ryan coming off for Austin. He, um, Austin really looked good. They looked very, very strong in the scrum. Um, against obviously what we know is a strong um, Seawolf scrum. And, you know, him coming off, I think that that changed the momentum of the game. It gave the Seawolves a little bit of an edge. 
in the scrum, and I think that's what really set them up for a win. Uh, Peter Tiberio stepping in at scrum half, I, I think he he did okay, um, but he's no Phil Mack, and so instead of taking the opportunities that I think they would normally take with fastball with Phil, they had to work a little bit harder to score, score for the Seawolves. Yeah, some of those uh, new Seawolves were still finding their sea legs, it seemed like, in that first <laughs> 20, 25 minutes, they went down 16 points to three pretty quickly to Austin, who were looking very, very good at home. We know how well they played down there at Austin, in particular on a Friday night. Their third Friday night game seems to kind of be the slot for Austin uh, Round Rock, uh, having made that drive from the airport and downtown three times in a row. It's not, it's not a close drive for Austin. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of their home field moving forward. It's a beautiful facility. Richard Osborne and his team down there um, have done an amazing job getting that set up. And I think with another 12 months of marketing, if they do stay in Round Rock, they can make it something special. Uh, I know there's always talk of their own facility closer uh, to downtown, which would be nice as well. Uh, My thoughts were it was was a game. It's two sides that we'll probably see in the finals. I think Austin will still get there. Um, but uh, super impressed with Seattle, in, in particular their their forward packs. I thought Duchelle and Shermer and uh, up in that front row too did an outstanding job, but uh, I do agree with you, Pete. When Paddy Ryan came off, you noticed a huge difference at the set piece for Austin. Uh, that was uh, an untimely loss for them. Add to that to Roland Sunula having to sit out with a concussion for a week. Uh, you lose a little bit of leadership in that midfield, and they just couldn't get it done at home. But they have another chance uh, this weekend. We'll talk about that coming up later. But then we jump to Saturday, our CBS Sports Game of the Week. It was NOLA taking on San Diego. NOLA with absolutely everything to play for, a chance to jump up into the top four. San Diego in the same boat, but down nine starters from their last match on CBS, I believe, which was about four weeks ago. Nine changes to that lineup, and not surprisingly, you and I both picked Nola, but uh, boy, oh boy, do we have some egg on our face. Well, we do, and I think that there's some, you know, there's there's some reason for that. I think that we both explicitly said last week, let's, let's defend ourselves, that it was the loss of some of their um, eagles that were, were our concern, and I actually thought that um, Ryan Matthias coming back, and in particular playing outside centre, was a really bold move by Rob Hoadley, and it really paid off. He 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 got the outside break. Um, the uh, um, Tonga Hua, am I saying that right? You know me and my pronunciations. Um, uh, Tonga Wea. Tonga Wea. Thank you, Tonga Wea, um, who is a someone who came into the year for Nola as a centre. And then they moved him to six. And um, I talked to Nate Osborne, and he said, we actually now see him as a six. We actually think that's his natural position. But again, moving things around, trying to find combinations that work, they moved him back. He produced a lot of go forward, but he couldn't handle Matias's pace around the outside. And I think that was um, a real key. Along with, I thought Tag Leader had probably the best game that he's had um, in the MLR season. I thought his game management in particular was very good. He had some tremendous um, placement with his kicks. I think he uh, allowed San Diego to dominate territory, to play in the right parts of the field. Um, and I don't think Nola had a real strong answer for that. Their back three, I thought, was um, a little bit exposed. The local boy, Cameron Troxler, I thought struggled with his both his positioning and with his decision-making. And I think that positional play was one of the critical pieces. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, Got to give credit to Connor Kearns as well, the uh, Oxford University player, uh, former under-20 USA player. USA eligible too. He was born in San Francisco, so something to keep an eye on. Yes. But his cool, calm hand at fullback uh, in combination with Tig leader, not Tag, it's Tig, like Tyg. a tiger without the R. Thank you. Yep. yep. The Irish contingent is uh, is bang for blood on the announced team that keep calling him Tag Leader. There, I'm getting from McGregor and the Irish Mafia calling me on a daily basis saying if I don't uh, fix that up with everyone, uh, I can't say it on air, but it's not a good word. And um, But he was outstanding at 10, controlled the game well. Boyer at 9 did a good job getting him quick ball as well, but they just kick so well, Pete. Their, their territory and their control of territory was just outstanding and they just took their opportunities when they had that territory. And you could see Nola struggled. I mean, they struggled to get the ball out of their own end. They just – J.P. Eloff is coming back from a very serious illness. You don't want to make slight of that. I think he's still finding his strength. Even he said before the game, it's a day at a time. He feels better and better. But those conditions, playing 80 minutes in a, in a pretty – do or die situation. It's got to be pretty taxing on his body. And I think they just need to find a big boot to really clear them out of pressure. Um, I mean, between Howden, Eloff, and uh, Troxler was at fullback. Basker's usually back there. They just need to find someone who can give them a little bit of a, a flip of the field the same way that Leader and Kearns were doing. And, and I think Nola have the core. I mean, they've got some some great players. Uh, Matt Houston, who has had just a tremendous year. I thought Ben Torres also had a good year. I mean, there's a lot of players here that have had a really good year, but they haven't pulled it together. You know, we've talked many times about the injuries that they've had. You know, they've got players on the bench that you're not quite sure who they are. That you know, they're really struggling. But I think that there's a team here that that can compete. And I think they just need to get that right team and, and probably do need um, a couple of extra quality players for, for year two. I think, I think for San Diego, it's going to be interesting. You know, we've, we've, they, they had a, a really great game. I thought um, Boyer and Leader together were good. I thought the back row of um, Short, Broussard and Gaffney. I think Gaffney's really stepping up now. He's getting the opportunity. Um, I, I'm not sure about their type five. I'm not sure how they'll handle the type fives of the Glendales and the and the Seattles. Um, but, you know, they, if they can continue to play like that, they're going to have a great shot of making the playoffs. And when they get their Eagles back, if they're able to keep that going, I don't think anyone's going to want to play them um, in the championship series. No, not at home. You mentioned Glendale. They were the third game of the week. They're also on Friday night. They took on Houston, and if there was ever a danger game for the Raptors, it was this one, Pete. They were missing their stars. They're playing at home against the last place. Houston, if they're ever going to take a nap or uh, take a team lightly, this was going to be it. However, it didn't happen, and that juggernaut just continues to roll and roll and roll. What were your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, I thought this was – it wasn't the best performance that Glendale have had, but I think it's probably the most impressive. Um, missing five starters. Um, they had Dylan Fawcett back from the Eagles, but they were missing their nine and ten. Um, they were missing, uh, actually, I think two back row forwards because Peter Dull um, uh, wasn't available along with John Quill. And so missing a ton of players. And they really came out and they played well. And, you know, I love the way Adam Malifa plays. He's an old head. Um, he allowed the ball to move. He let players outside him like um, Mika Kruse and Harley Davidson and Seth Hallman get the ball and get some running with them. I thought that was, you know, he played really well. And, 
you know, Maximo at 10, what can you say? He steps in, um, has a great cross kick to Harley Davidson, who scores one of the tries, um, you know, one of his three tries from that. I think that he was he was an old head that played really well in, you know, what's no longer his natural position. So I thought it was a really impressive performance by Glendale. Yeah, very good to see Adam Alifra and Maximo Diarchville still playing. Now, Pete, I, I want you to take off your commentator's hat. I want you to take off your coach's hat too. I want you to put on your general manager hat and I want you to go down to Houston and tell me what is going on with the Sabercats and how do you fix it? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, they actually showed in this game what they can do, but what they don't have is they don't have consistency. So, you know, I'm I'm a strong believer that, you know, I think they're 10. I think Sam Sam Windsor is a, is a great 10. I think they need to be looking at nine. Um, Connor Murphy struggled this year. I mean, he had it, uh, one of his passes intercepted again. Um, this is something, you know, I think that may be the third interception he's had this year. Uh, I, so I would I would be looking at nine. I, I think that they need to get um, uh, a little bit bigger and a little bit dominant up front. But I think most of it just seems to be um, finding con- some consistency. And, and it's, you know, it's a mystery to me, honestly, Dan. I mean, they've had... Um, you know, more as many games as anyone except Glendale, I think, in terms of their prep. Um, I, I, it just hasn't quite come together. And it, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those mysteries. I, so I don't think there's a huge amount of player issues, but there is something about um, the way that their players play together that their sum is not greater than the parts right now. Well, Glendale ran out convincing winners Friday night. Uh... I've heard the game wasn't actually as close as the score indicated. A couple of late tries for the Sabercats. But it was Harley Davidson who got three tries. And you got a chance to sit down with the man with probably the coolest name in world rugby. Well, Harley, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, Obviously, you had a great weekend with your hat trick of tries last weekend and you're definitely having a strong season but let's go before we get there let's go back to the start um how did you start playing rugby what was the thing that got you involved in the first place um i was in uh, idaho and um my brother and i both uh, went to capital high school and he was playing rugby at the time and i was just watching i wasn't really sure if i wanted really wanted to get into it or not um and he just kept begging me to come out i said you'll love it you'll love it and and just finally got out and immediately fell in love with it and uh, just decided it was something I wanted to keep pursuing. And um, when you came to the end of your high school career, you decided to make some university choices based on rugby. So how did you make the choice of where you were going to go? So at the time I was playing with uh, Mike Saunders at uh, Snake River Rugby and uh, I was they're trying to get me to go somewhere that where I can kind of further my rugby experience and so uh, I was trying to decide it there's a couple of club teams I could have gone to and then um, Life University was one of the options that popped up because Dan Dan Payne uh, played with Mike Saunders before and uh, they were really good friends and uh, some of my teammates they talked to me they said you know you have your whole life to play club rugby you only get so much to play college ball and while you're there you can get an education while you're at it and so life had just uh, been to the national championship they're a great program and uh I just went out there and knew I wanted to stay. So, and and so, what were some of the biggest influences at life, and what were some of the things that you learned that you now apply today as a member of the Raptors? Uh, 
course, all the coaches, bear, uh, coaches there. Dan Payne was definitely a big influence. Scott Lawrence, uh, Colin Kiriaga, Blake Bradford, all those guys helped out a ton. Uh, even A.J. McGinty was the back coach when I first got there, and he helped me a ton with my skills, uh, made me a great player in uh, life in general. They taught me how to be a leader, uh, giving back to the community, uh, basically being an ambassador off the pitch as well as a rugby player on the pitch. And so what were some of the most memorable things from your college career at life? What are the things that 25 years from now you'll tell your kids and grandkids about? And they can be on or off the field. <laughs> I think uh, when I uh, would have to say my sophomore year, when I, uh, when I told my ACL, um, the amount of support that I got from the team and how everyone motivated me and pushed me to come back and uh, just then winning the uh, national championship leading the following season, uh, getting MVP and just the inspiration I got from the guys, everyone lifting me up after something dramatic like that happening. And it, it was a really good experience. The whole year is just, is kind of euphoria. So, so you graduate from life and you have to make some choices. So what was your thought process about what was going to happen next? Uh, Glendale was definitely an easy choice. I mean, it was, the, it is the first year of the professional rugby and so Glendale had already been the top club team in the country, and they already have all their good, all the resources. Uh, the city backs the rugby team 100%. They have the facilities for it, and I, I just that's kind of where I saw the most growth. So. And so now you're a, a, a Colorado native, right? Or not a Colorado, but you're, you live in Colorado, so that's, that's what you call where you call your hometown. Um, yeah. What are the things that you like to do when you're not playing rugby? What's, what is it about Colorado that you enjoy? Uh, the people. People here are awesome. There's a ton of stuff to do outdoors. Uh, when I first got here, uh, Cody Melfi, um, when he was still living here at the time, uh, he, I went with him and his family. We got to go in the, up in the mountains. Uh, we went to, up in Idaho Springs. We went uh, wakeboarding, and there's just a ton of stuff to do. It was, it was just, it was a blast. It's good to be back uh, near the mountains. Well, that yeah, because you're from Boise, right? You, yes. you an Idaho kid, yeah. So, so it's nice, big sky, lots of sun, all those sorts of things, which Atlanta or Marietta doesn't quite offer the same sort of yeah. um, outdoors. It brings lots of other things, but maybe the sun and the mountains isn't isn't some of it. So let's let's talk a little bit about this year. So obviously, you guys having a great year, you're unbeaten. Um, what have been some of the things that have been challenging for you in this? first year of major league rugby i think uh staying disciplined and upholding a standard we i mean one thing that's changed within the last few weeks is we do get together and meet and talk about the standard we want to hold and it's not just about within ourselves but as well as setting the bar for major league rugby and holding ourselves accountable and not getting comfortable great so um you scored three tries last weekend and overall you've had a great season um last weekend you played without your eagles or um or without most of them right so you got yeah. one one back um what did the team do last weekend to prepare having lost so many of those players um it's uh we didn't really do much anything different we did meet up and just and kind of reiterate the fact that it's the next man up mentality and that it doesn't matter who's filling that spot that person has uh, has a standard to uphold, and so we don't expect there to be a big drop off. I mean, there's a lot of good talent in Glendale, and we have a lot of guys 
that don't make the squad that could make the squad in other places, and they help keep pushing that standard and raising the bar. And um, what what did you do last weekend that allowed you to score those three tries? Uh, just work ethic. It seemed like the harder I worked, the luckier I got. <laughs> I think that's good. So as a uh, as a rugby player, um, what are the career goals that you have? What's Where do you want to be? Um, and how do you think you'll get there? Um, the end goal is, of course, I've, I want to be able to represent the U.S. national team. And uh, I don't just want to be able to represent them. I want to be a good national, international player as well. And so I, every day I just take small goals that keep getting me closer to that set. So. And, and, and so what are your strengths as a player and what are the areas that, that you're focusing on developing? Uh, I would have to say, I mean, I, I think there's always room for improvement everywhere I go. And so right now I try to focus a lot of my weaknesses, things like developing my kick, developing my pass, um, you know, because as this People like to say I'm a strong runner, but there's going to be teams where there are going to be great tacklers. And, you know, when that doesn't work, I'm not the focus. And there's going to be people that are going to try and manipulate my weaknesses. And so that's kind of what I try to focus on is just eliminating the weaknesses. Wow. You are just like well-trained by Dave Williams, aren't you? You're just, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, do you see yourself as a wing? Do you see yourself as a center? Is that sort of like, where do you think your best position is? As, to be honest, as long as I'm on the field, I'm willing to put in the work wherever I am on the field. And are you a sevens player? Do you enjoy sevens or is fi- yeah, 15 I, more your game? It's tough. <laughs> That's really tough for me to say. I, I honestly love both, um, but they're both really exciting. That's a really tough question. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's uh, um, when you've got speed, sevens is always fun, right? And yeah. so you end up you end up having more space. But with 15s, it's a more tactical game. So especially as a back three player, sort of your positioning and things like that are always going to be real challenges. So, yeah. so this weekend, you guys have a huge game, one versus two at home. Um, what are you guys doing to prepare to get to beat the seawall? The, probably the best defense in uh, um, Major League Rugby? Basically, it's uh, just staying disciplined, doing the little things right, you know, uh, nothing doing that's outside of our game, not trying to play to a, a different standard, um, and just stay, maintaining discipline all throughout. And, uh, I mean, we last game we didn't play as well as we wanted to, especially as long as, as far as finishing. And so it's basically just kind of cleaning up a lot of our mistakes. Now, you know, before we get to the big question that everyone has, which is about your name, let's talk about the NOLA game when um, you went down there and, and you won, but it was 95 degrees and yeah. extremely humid. Um, I, I spoke to some of your teammates that talked about it being one of the toughest conditions they've ever played in. Um, what was it like for you playing down there in that game? I mean, it was definitely tough. I mean, playing in, in Georgia certainly helped kind of kind of expecting and knowing what that's going to be like and so uh it's just it's when you're playing conditions like that it's definitely more of a mental game and just kind of being able to block it out and just keep playing great well let's get to the question i left it to the end to make sure everyone listened to the rest of it but you've been 
um, you've been called the best name in Major League Rugby. So what's the story behind your name? Did your parents both ride hogs when they were growing up? Or did they like Harley and didn't realize that it was also a motorbike? What's the what's the deal with Harley Davidson? Um, it, it's, it's nothing really special. Uh, my, my older brother, he was named after my dad. And then my dad just always liked the name kind of. It was my dad's idea. My mom didn't like it at first, and she really liked the name Harley, but she didn't like the fact that it was Harley Davidson. She was afraid I was going to get teased as growing up. And my dad used to ride bikes back in the day, and it's just finally my kind of convinced my mom into doing it. So. And um, did you get teased when you were younger? Oh no, everyone loved it. Everyone thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 have you ever gone to the local dealership, introduced yourself, and see if you can get a discount? <laughs> no, I haven't, but. I definitely should. I should have at this point already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're one of the uh, most exciting talents in Major League Rugby, and uh, it's time that your agent gets on to reach out to the local Harley Davidson um, dealership in Glendale. But thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, good luck in the big game in Seattle. And we'll see you in the playoffs in Glendale on June 30th. Awesome. Thank you so much. What a great guy there, Harley Davidson, getting it done for the Raptors. He had a great college career down at Life University and now out there in Colorado. And Pete, also not Major League Rugby related, but plenty of MLR players involved in the big one as well, which was USA Russia. We talked about Rocky Four and Flow Rugby. I think they may be uh, big listeners. They got the poster out to promote this game. Ivan Drago, Rocky Balboa all over again. Same result. <laughs> except this time a little bit more convincing. We didn't have to wait until the final round to drop the big Russian. No, no. I mean, I was actually at this game, which was uh, um, a great surprise for me because my trip to Warsaw got delayed a date. So I took, took the family to this game um, at uh, Dick Sporting Goods um, Park, uh, which is a beautiful facility. Um, pretty good crowd there, about 5,000, you know, maybe a little bit more than there. Um, in the crowd, there was the uh, Rocky Mountain Challenge, which was the high school all-star game going on in fields next door really good festival feel lots of people having fun and you know the eagles in moments um really played some of the best rugby that maybe they've played i mean it wasn't the strongest russian squad they were missing some of their pros but still i think we made them look a lot worse than they were um and you know i was thoroughly impressed i actually had lunch with uh, greg mcwilliams the attack coach um the week before uh, the game and we chatted a little bit and he was telling me how they honestly feel that they're so far further on from they were at the ARC in terms of their systems and their plays. Um, we really played well. It was great to see um, some of the um, MLR players really step up. John Quill had a very strong game. Um, Paul Lasiki did what he's been doing in the MLR and he did it in international rugby. So the question is how far can he go? And um, I'm not sure how long we can keep a guy like that in these shores. There's got to be some people around the world licking their lips, lips at him. And, you know, Cam, Cam Dolan got the start, which, which I think was um, a surprise for some uh, um, with Samu Manoa moving into the lock and um, Nate Osberger and um, Will McGee coming off the bench. I thought Will, Will McGee, when he came off the bench, managed the game well. He had some tremendous kicks um, uh, out of the hand. He converted really well. And it was just all around a really... Thoroughly exciting performance by the U.S. Always get it good to get a win. 
against anyone. But the real litmus test will come this weekend, Pete, as Gregor Townsend's men come down after stomping Canada 48-10. to 10. Now, he's made 12 changes to the starting side of, for Scotland for this weekend's game down in Houston, Texas. Stuart Hogg, the fullback, he'll captain the Scotland uh, side for the first time. So congratulations, Stuart Hogg, on his 61st cap. He gets the uh, the C next to his name. But this is going to be the real test to see what Gary Gold and his staff have been able to implement over the last six to eight months here uh, while he's been full-time with the USA, uh, taking on a very good Scotland side down there in Houston. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm really excited about this game because I think there's um, absolutely a uh, a chance for the U.S. to cause an upset. I think that there really is, um, you know, the Scottish have seven players that are making their first start. Um, now, they've got real quality. I mean, you, you mentioned um, uh, Stuart Hogg, who is absolutely world-class, one of the best fullbacks in, in the world. And um, you know, Pete Horn at the centre is another very experienced player, but but they've got a lot of inexperience. And you know, down there in Houston, I mean, you've you've been down there a few times this year, um, Dan. When it's hot and humid, it's going to be a very different experience. Um, something that the Scots have not felt before. And you know, I think the US is going to go into this game with confidence. It will be very interesting to see what Gary Gold's selections are. Um, I, I'm pretty look to me like. The team against Russia is probably pretty close to his starting lineup. And so um, we'll probably see something like that again. A lot of it will come down to the set piece. And I think if we can get even on the set piece, I think our attack can cause some damage. And, you know, our defense, we, we struggled a little bit against Russia um, on our defense at the start of the game. They found some um, uh some success on the blind side a couple of times, but we adjusted to that. And then the middle of our defense became really, really strong. There wasn't much Russia can do that. So if we can defend that middle of the field, um, we will be able to defend Scotland. And I think as long as we can win our ball and set piece, I think we've got a chance to score some tries. So we've, we've, we've played it close with some tier one nations down in Houston before, um, but maybe this is the one that we can actually get over the line. Yeah, it should be a good one. I, just to touch back on the Russia game, I was really excited to see Brucky on the wing as well. I know he has been played a lot in the centres for us, naturally a winger when he played in Super Rugby. And I think sometimes when you try to move players around, when you bring them into international, it doesn't always work. And he uh, he looked a lot better on the wing getting that ball. Uh, as we look forward to this one, this one is a chance to get that tier one sculpt that we've been chasing for a long, long time. I think they're a big chance. They've picked the right spot in Houston too. Always a great crowd down there at Houston. Uh, Should be uh, a good one at BBVA Compass Stadium down there. But uh, let's turn our focus. It's going to be another busy weekend for you and I as we look at the Major League Rugby schedule. No Friday night footy which is uh, breaks my heart just a little bit because I love Friday night footy. <laughs> uh, we will wait until Saturday afternoon and two big games in terms of the playoffs here. It's kind of a perfect uh, schedule set up here for Major League Rugby because it involves everyone except Houston, who are obviously out at the, uh, the playoff hunt. Uh, Saturday afternoon, first game off the... Off the week will be the CBS game of the week on CBS Sports Network. And it's Nola Gold. Mathematically, they're still in it. They take on Utah at Utah. Utah 
get a win here. They're back in the top four because Austin San Diego play later in the week. But firstly, Pete, your thoughts on Nola Utah and your predictions and how much? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think this is going to be really tough for, for Nola. I think um, they're heading to Utah. Utah has um, had the, the bye week, uh, so they'll be prepared. They'll have another week where they can sort out their fly half. So remember, um, Kurt Morath is off, still will still be off with Tonga, and um, they'll get another chance with um, uh, Johnny Linehan to be able to give him a little bit more time to be able to play. So um, I, I think that Utah are going to come out. Um, I think that they uh, will come out. I think that they will win this. I think that they'll win it relatively easily. Uh, and, you know, the win here um, really solidifies them in the playoffs. So I'm going to say Utah by 10. This is Nola's last game of the season as well. They have a bye in the last week. So, uh, I'm going to say Utah as well. I think Johnny uh, Johnny Football, Johnny Utah, Mr. 4th and 19. If a guy hasn't played rugby in four years, he did, did pretty well down in Austin. Uh, I think he'll learn a lot from that and feel a little bit more settled going into his second start. Should be a great crowd too Saturday afternoon. They're really marketing this one, getting out in the community, uh, community and trying to promote it. So I'm going to say Utah. Uh, I think Nola, they may... Uh, they may post this one in. I think it could turn out to be a blowout. I'll go for Utah plus 12. And then um, we look at top of the table. It's one versus two. This could be a championship preview provided nothing crazy happens in Glendale on June 30th. It's the Seattle Seawolves this time on the road for another week as they are done out there at Starfire. They take on the Glendale Raptors. It's a Saturday night one. It's kicking off at 9 Eastern, so 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 Pacific should be a good one as it's one takes on two. So interesting, um, interesting uh, matchups here. I think, uh, you know, for Seattle to win, I think they're going to have to get the edge in the scrum. Um, I think that uh, Luke White at Loosehead, is, who's a you know huge guy, but has played a lot of lock. That's someone that it'll be interesting to see his matchup against Tim Metcher the tight head of Seattle. That's going to be one of the key matchups of the game. Um, I do feel like Glendale have an edge in the back row. Uh, with They'll get Peter Dole back. Um, I'm going to guess that uh, Zach Fenolia will stay at six. And with Sam Fig, that's an excellent back row. Um, and I think they'll have the edge there, even though the beast, Eric Duchal, is playing so well for for Seattle. And and they've both got backup scrum hubs. And, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Tiberio plays at nine or if they – um, look to um, Shalom Soniola, who has played actually uh, a lot of nine. Um, I think may have even played at nine for the U.S., just a really, really talented player. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I, I think this game is going to be very close. It's going to be really interesting to see if Glendale can breach the seawall with the team that they have. Um, I think they will, but I think it will be close. I'm going to say Glendale, I'm going to give it to them just because they're playing at home. I think if this game was at Seattle, I'll give Seattle the edge, but... I'm going to say Glendale by two. All right. I did this to you last week. I won't make you lock it in before I give you this little, oh, uh, little you've news got piece. Some inside info. Yeah, yeah. You and your okay. inside info. Dylan Fawcett has been called back up into the Eagles squad. James Hiltebrand has gone home with an injury. He is out for the rest of the tour. So they will be without Dylan Fawcett, which may or may not push Fanolio back into nine. I'm not too sure. 
what they're going to do at that hooker position. Well, but I, so, you know, but I still think that you know they've got like so. So I think what they would do, right, is that they would probably um, leave Connor Cook in the back row, and they'd have Fanoli up too. So I mean, what it really, you know, what that really impacts is it really impacts their bench. I'm going to still go with Glendale at two because I th- still think their starting lineup is strong. I'm going to go Glendale as well, only because last week I got absolutely hammered by all the Raptors players for picking against them for the second time this year and being wrong for the second time this year by picking against them. I'll go Glendale at home. Uh, I think uh, just too classy, too experienced, plus the home field advantage there. Seattle, road trip after road trip after road trip is going to take its toll. So I'll go Glendale by, uh, we'll go plus eight. So last up is the game. Um, that I have in San Diego. Um, it's San Diego, Austin, and talk about a game that has playoff implications. I mean, you know, this is a game that San Diego has to win. Um, and if um, Austin don't win, it's going to make uh, their last week a little nervous as they have to sit there and wait for other, um, you know, it takes it out of their hands, basically, if they don't win. So, it's, uh, um, you know, Austin win and they're in and San Diego have to win. So interesting, in- interesting matchups. Um, you know, this is my game, Dan. I'll let you go first. So what do you think about this game and who do you think is going to pull it out? Ooh. If you would have asked me a week ago, I probably would have gone for Austin. But the way San Diego played last week down in New Orleans, now they're at home. It's so tough. It's, it really is tough. It's like a week-to-week thing. And I've, I've spoken to some people with, uh, with my tipping this year about I've got to, uh, I've got to tip more as, as, a, as a tipping person rather than thinking it as a player, like how I would re- react and respond as a player because uh, I'm just not getting that reaction from the team. So I'm going to go San Diego at home. I think they can get it done down there off the back of Lita and uh, Kearns again. Uh, we'll see what their roster looks like too. Yeah, I mean, I think San Diego is interesting. It's one of those teams. There's, um, you know, some players that uh, are, are coming in that are quality players. So it'll be interesting to see what they're doing. I think, you know, for Austin, this is a, this is a, a tough one. I think a lot will um, depend on Paddy Ryan and if he's able to go. Um, they're they're definitely playing some good rugby. I I don't know if um, Roland. Siniola's come back, but I felt that Roland was really one of the critical pieces of their turnaround because that was when, with him and uh, Pedri Vandenberg, when they came back on the pitch, that was when Austin really started to play. And I think they they missed him last week. So I'm going to say that Roland doesn't come back. Um, I'm going to go with San Diego. I think San Diego are going to be a little bit more desperate. I think they're going to be playing at home. Um, you know, all of Austin's wins have been at home, so we're not quite sure um, how how well they do away. So um, I'm going to go with San Diego, and I'll go to San Diego by seven. Well, they'll know what they're playing for because Nola and Utah play earlier uh, the day before, so they'll know where they stand. Both those sides can get leapfrogged by Utah if they have a bonus point win. Um, so they could end up out of the four after the weekend if Utah get the win. But uh, if, I'm going to go San Diego as well, and I'm going to I'll go plus five. I'll just add one more on over the top of you, just because uh, I'm feeling a little risky today. <laughs> but, 
think they can get it done. I, I hope Mattias is still there. I, I, obviously, personally, I hope he gets his call up and rejoins the Eagles squad. But uh, selfishly and for San Diego's sake, if he's in the side as well, I think the way those three sync together was uh, was outstanding on the weekend. Either way, it really is coming down to it. It's going to really come up to that last weekend, Pete, and we'll talk about that next week on the show. But uh, what a great first year for Major League Rugby. And it is, Dan, and, and, and we're actually not going to get to work together until we get to the 30th, which is, of course, the big playoff weekend in Glendale. Um, I've already seen there's a goal to get, I think, 500 Seattle Seawall fans to Glendale. Now they've got their... Um, playoff spots sewn up. So it's going to be great to see some of these fans come from around the country and come into Glendale for that double header. And, uh, you know, we encourage, we'll, we'll encourage everyone to come. And of course, then there's the um, championship game on July 7th in San Diego. So both of those are going to be great games. And you're right. I mean, I had, um, I've had a number of, uh, people from the professional game around the world reach out to me and let me know that, the, the, the quality of rugby that's going on at MLR and in particular the competitiveness that's happening is really special and uh, this first year has been uh, great and something that's been great to be involved in. It certainly has. We're not done yet, big fellow. We've still got a couple of weeks to go and we'll touch more on the finals next week as that playoff picture starts to clear just a little bit this weekend. There'll still be some jockeying in that last week, but it uh, certainly promises to be a big one on July 7th in San Diego for the final. Well, that wraps us up, Pete. It's uh, a big travel week for you to get home in time for these games. Say hi to your dad. Enjoy a cup of tea and a couple of shortbreads <laughs> up there. And will uh, do. We'll, will do. we'll catch up with you next week, my man. All right. Thanks, Dan. Um, thanks, have a, have a great weekend, and uh, um, we need to start uh, thinking about what's on all of our tips for the week because I think I'm ahead. So we should definitely start thinking about what's what's on the line. Well, you can't make bets post, hence, you know, you can't get to a big lead and then make a bet. That's not how it works, especially coming from the guy who's getting absolutely whipped. I'm not going to bet that one. But uh, everyone, get out, watch your games this weekend. CBS Sports, ESPN Plus, AT&T Network, get on there, get on the social medias as well, the Instafaces and the uh, all those ones, and make sure that you get out and support your teams.